Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that wherever you are, that you are well and peaceful. Now, in today's episode, I have a very, very beautiful soul, I have to say, but before I go on to it, so we were just talking actually now before um, I started recording and I'm fascinated by her story and I'm sure you will be. But before that, I wanted to share with you something that has been coming up a lot lately. And that is that people are saying to me, whether that be clients or friends or family, and they keep saying to me, and not that I'm the wisest person on the planet, let me say, but through my own work on myself and on my journey, it's something that I have found useful. And I think we all sometimes wonder why we are so hard to love. And people are saying this to me really a lot, especially in these past few months. And they're saying to me, Mimi, you know, why is it that we're so hard to love? Why is it that people can't accept us and, you know, just have this beautiful love between us? And I'm not wise enough to answer that, I have to say. But I believe that it is not that we are hard to love, far from it. It's that most people, don't want to travel the road that leads to our heart. And everything, as we all know, worthwhile takes effort and care and time. And this world of rushing and never stopping literally takes the magic out of life. So I think these past few months that we have all been in the situation that has occurred in the world has brought to the surface a lot of feelings that are deep within all of us to find the meaning of our life and to realize that we don't need to search for approval. We just have to give ourselves the approval to love ourselves enough, to respect ourselves, our soul, our heart. And also is the time now to be only really with those people that see the beauty of us and walk away from everything that disrespects our being and our soul. And that is why I am so happy to have the pleasure of the company of a beautiful soul, which is Samantha True. Now, 
Samantha is fondly known as the people whisperer, which she's going to tell you all about that. And it's fascinating. But she also works as a life coach and a Reiki master. She founded a method which is called love, which is let our vibration expand. And that is a rather fascinating method, which I'm going to ask her about later. Samantha also is the author of her semi-autobiographical book called Wake Up Call. And her goals are to help people tune in to the love vibration, to step into the greatest version of themselves and to create a life of peace. She is, in fact, following her dream, which is to create a spiritual rehab, so to speak. And I love this, what she says, where broken souls can come and repair their fragmented pieces. How beautiful is that? Welcome to you, Sam. I'm so pleased to have you here. Oh, it's such an honour to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. How are you today? I'm really, really good, actually. Yes, I've had a, I've had a really creative week. So, yeah, and, and this is just, this is the cherry on the top speaking to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how lovely, how lovely. Oh, my goodness. I am really, really pleased to have you here. And, and you know, thank you for making the time because... I have to say to the listeners, this lady has one hell of a story and um, she's going to be kind enough to share that with us um, in the next hour or so. So let's go back to the beginning, Sam. Tell us a little bit about your life and where this project of yours, um, Let Our Vibration Expand, because everything has a seed, doesn't it, in life. So let's go back and um, share with me and the listeners your story a little bit about your story okay so I've um as a child I always was able to um tune in to my parents um energy uh I had I, I don't know how I managed to do it it, it just it, it was just an ability that I was able to do um, so I knew through the the words and the actions underneath all of those um, things that was happening in everyday life I knew that actually they there was pain within each of them I mean, obviously, I was too young to do anything about it then or or or, or figure it out what it was. Um, but I just knew that they weren't that, that they weren't themselves happy. They were, you know, that they wasn't happy young adults. And then as I grew up and through my teenagers, I was able to pick up on other people's um, energy and know how they were really feeling underneath this um the mask that we all wear you know i i could i could get behind the mask and pick up on their feelings intuitively um yeah. and then um i met my 
husband who who was back then my boyfriend um and i we 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 got on from from day one it, you know he was he was great um and then something happened where he was at work and he had a fall at work and um he was 26 and he fell from um, scaffolding, which led to him having um, a stroke. And then he had, um, was diagnosed with brain aneurysms. My goodness. And that changed life as we knew it. <laughs> and so, he was your boyfriend at the time. Yeah, he was my boyfriend at the time time i think we had been dating he was 26 we met i met when i was 20 so we had been dating for for six years so he was long-term relationship not just just met him and um i when that happened to him um i was powerless to help him and he was told by by brain consultants that um there was nothing that they could do they couldn't operate uh, where where this brain aneurysm was was too close to his motor skills and they actually said that um we are not god and if it's not broke don't fix it that's what they actually said to him if they had operated he he could have lost his ability to talk speak swallow walk um, and at this point, he was still able to do all of them things. So they didn't want to touch it. Um, and it was inoperable because he could have also had a huge risk of um, coming out of it a, a vegetable, not being able to do anything at all. And was it the, the fall that caused that? Yes, yes. Well, okay. th there is talk that he was possibly born with an aneurysm. Um, but that's not been that that's not been um we, we have no proof of that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it could be the state of the fall he fell he fell quite far he fell 25 foot and he also fell he he managed because as he as he was falling he looked down and he was um in london at the time and there was the, the railings you know you've got the railings with the spikes yes yes well, well that's what he was he was looking down and to save himself from getting impaled on the railings he actually kicked himself out as well on into the road so he he fell 25 foot but he also fell wide um into the road to stop himself from getting impaled um and uh he he didn't have a stroke straight away either he he went to hospital and um they discharged him with a few cuts and bruises. Um, but it wasn't until that was in September, and it wasn't until the November when he 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 discovered he couldn't move his foot properly, and then ended up having a spinal scan because they thought it was a spinal injury from the fall. Mm. And there was no spine; his spine wasn't injured. So then they said it was brain, and then they. Um, on top of that, they then um, said to him, he, he's obviously got these brain aneurysms and then he had to go for a series of tests. And that's when they discovered that he couldn't actually, um, they couldn't operate on it.
And then about three months later, he had severe um, migraine, mm. which then caused a stroke. So that was that. And then um, after that, it was uh, just a case of, um, well, recuperating really from the, from the stroke. Mm. But the, the brain injury um, certainly changed his personality. And I had to, um, I had to be aware of his, he was very angry. He was only 26. Let's bear that in mind. He was only mm. 26. They had told him that he couldn't um, work anymore um, because he was a liability, because a sneeze could kill him. So if he sneezed and his brain would pop, um, he, he could have a fatal brain hemorrhage. Um, and they said that he would be um, prone to having seizures like fits um, and strokes and big strokes, mini strokes, TIAs um, for the rest of his life. And so, so he couldn't get employed and, and, and go back to work. So his life ended. So he was very angry, very bitter and um, clearly disappointed because he he he's an old-fashioned he's a he's a man's man very old-fashioned and mm. wants to look after him wants to look after his family and um you know go to work and bring home the money and and just support his family yeah and and that and that was taken away from him so um after that he his personality was changing um, to the point where he would he would sometimes really react really badly towards me and I hadn't done anything wrong um, and I I then was able to listen to the space in between his words behavior and actions explain that Sam. so people's words mm. people come from behind a wall you know 99 percent well 90 yes 99 percent of people that are that are walking this this planet today mm. have pain that they have pain and that they either, they either have pain mentally or they have pain emotionally, or they have pain uh, physically and spiritually. So everybody reacts, everybody has a mask on, you know, and everybody is, um, has some sort of wall that they've built up over the years because people have hurt them mm. or, or they have had some form of trauma in their life. And it can be something as simple as, you know, falling out with your friends at school. And I'm talking about when you were five or six. Mm. That, you can carry that through your whole life. Um, and, and the wall goes up. So, so there's that trust issue. Can I trust you to be my friend? You know, can I trust you to, to not hurt me? 
So, and we learn that from a, a very young age and we carry these walls, we build these walls to stop us getting hurt. So, my husband was very angry and bitter and hurt that this, you know, he would always say, why me? Why mm. me? Um, I've not done anything bad. I've just wanted to work all my life and, you know, settle down, have a house, have a family. That's, I want the simple things in life. He basically was very... Um, in pain, in pain um, with what had happened to him and he took everything that happened to him very personally. So I, th I then get to see that, but anybody else looking at him would just judge him as angry, judge him as a horrible person, you know, judge him from from their own from their own pain. Mm. You know mm. what what what's being shown. So yeah. that in 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 a way is is what I started to learn even more that also that I was powerless to to make him feel better. He he had to feel better by himself. There was nothing that I could do. But I also learned that. Um, I shouldn't take take it personally what what he says or how he reacts or his behavior it's, it's nothing to do with me it's to do with his own pain but that's very difficult isn't it in any case even if you learn to do that it's difficult for you um it is it was very difficult in the beginning mm. but hmm, the only reason why it's ever difficult is because we beautiful human beings don't mm. love ourselves yes sadly <laughs> mm. so if you don't love yourself mm. and somebody else is attacking you or or you feel they're attacking you they're just confirming what you what what you already feel for yourself yes they're in effect a mirror of yes. what we feel is being reflected back to us isn't it exactly that exactly mm. That. Mm. so i had to go on a journey of self-love loving self <laughs> and also knowing by not reacting but by responding in a loving kind way knowing that i love myself enough to increase my love vibration and expand it out to him he will he will react differently did he teach you how to love or did you know that before um i think he taught me to he's taught me so much he's taught me so much he's taught me compassion He's taught me unconditional love, loving with no condition. Mm. He's taught me patience, to have patience. He's taught me tolerance, incredible tolerance. And he's taught me how to 
love myself without even being aware of what he's taught me. That's a great accomplishment as a spiritual being on his part, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And sometimes when he says, why me? Mm. I often question whether that was, you know, before, before we were born as souls, I needed to learn more patience. I needed to learn to be more compassionate. I needed to learn to have what that unconditional love felt like. I needed to... I needed to learn patience and tolerance and all of them things. And as a soul, maybe he stepped forward and said, I'll do that for you. I a thousand percent agree with you. And I was talking to somebody else actually the other day. I think it was on one of the episodes. And I don't know if you've ever read a book by, I think it's Betty J. Edie, um, Embraced by the Light. And this lady had a near-death experience. Have you ever read that at all, Sam? No, no, I haven't. Um, if you ever get the, the chance, have a little read of that because it's actually quite incredible. It matches what you say. And it's about how her, she had a near-death experience and had died, I don't know how many minutes, 10 or 20 minutes, and was taken to this place and was shown her whole life. And she was yeah. also shown about the people in her life that were there specifically for a reason and that we had all, all of us, each one of us had soul contracts with each other so that when we came to earth, we would do what was best to help each other learn along the journey. Yes. And one of them was a gentleman who was a lawyer and his spiritual friend before they came to earth had this pact with him that he would always teach him compassion because for some reason he couldn't have compassion so he would sit he doesn't he didn't remember it you know neither of them remembered it but he would sit in front of the office and beg every day and every day the lawyer friend would give him money and that was the deal they made so that he would never um, forget to have compassion. So I wow. really believe what you're saying because I do believe that we as souls have made promises to each other. Absolutely. Well, I, it's funny you should say that she had a near-death experience because in uh, August 1990, my granddad died and I had an out-of-body experience where oh. he he came and took me to where he was. And I after he had died, yes, mm -hmm. I, I saw. Well, I I wrote the book about it. I wrote the book, the wake up call, because it explains what it's like on the other side. And um, it was a a terrifying experience for me, because and and not so much when I was there on the other side. It was the coming back. Um, oh. having, having to leave him and then come back but I came back before I came back and on my way back to my body my brain woke up so eventually what happened was and I'm cutting a very long story short because it's just another experience of mine but that's in your book is it yes well what happened was it it took it it 
I came back so fast and in a state, my brain, my brain became aware. And then I found myself at the bottom of my bed looking at me in bed asleep. And you couldn't get back in? No. And that was what was terrifying because mm. even then I was like, well, I'm here, but I'm there. How the hell do I get back in? And also my, if I was to call for my mum, she would just come in and think I was asleep. She wouldn't, she wouldn't hear me. Mm. So it was a it was a terrifying experience but um obviously i i understand it all now so with the understanding comes comes knowledge and 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 i know i know what what happened how did you get back in <laughs> well i i went i i used my hands up and down my body a few times expecting to find some sort of hole that I must have come out of and because then I couldn't uh, there wasn't there wasn't anything obvious mm. I just thought the only way I'm gonna do this is lay on top of myself which is so weird um so lay on top of myself mm -hmm. and just calm calm myself down and breathe um which I did and I also in my head was counting to a hundred um okay and but real slowly and when I got to 100 I could open my eyes but I couldn't actually get my body off of the bed because my legs were still not in my body legs if that makes sense you weren't you 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 sort of weren't contr in control of your body absolutely not no my 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 body legs were still 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 I couldn't move my body legs so I was mm. like half in and half out so I, I was able to open my body eyes and wiggle my fingers but I wasn't mm. able to wiggle my body toes so I closed my eyes again and counted to a hundred again and yeah. then it was like wiggle your toes wiggle your toes <laughs> yes yeah that must have been very um, terrifying it was it was it was awful it was an awful experience but I've I've learned to I've learned to control that now how you know? do you do that because I was having, there was a lady on uh, another episode and she's an insomnia expert. And I was asking her the same question because so many people I've heard, Sam, have had this experience of yes. actual, well, I don't know what this, what it is, but it is absolute, I think, proof that we are a soul and a body and we Absolutely. work in unison. Because we couldn't move the body. I know it doesn't matter, you know, if scientists will say something else, but regardless yeah. of that, there's a place for science and there's a place for spirituality. But, and I think that the two go hand in hand. I think they go hand in hand and it's just the scientists haven't, um, and, and trust me, I have a lot of respect for scientists mm. because of, you know, what, what they've done you know, over the years and, and what they have found and stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. I do, do seriously believe in, in, in uh, science working alongside spirituality. And yeah. my, I can only speak what I believe. I believe this, they, they call it sleep paralysis. I've heard of it. I've heard so many people with it. 
Yeah. But it's and not, I, is it? It's something no, different. No. It is the heaviness that you feel is your brain, your, your, your body and your brain has been asleep. It's been unconscious. It's been sleeping. And then what happens is your soul goes out and leaves its body and you can go wherever you want. Your soul is free to go wherever, you, wherever it wants to go. And you have this cord attached to your body. So, you know, if somebody coughs, you're going to come straight back into your body. And sometimes people, you know, have that feeling where they jump all of a sudden in sleep. Mm. That's, that's them coming back. Something's disturbed them and they're coming back into their body. Yeah. Other times what happens is we go back into our body, but our brain wakes up before we actually are in our body which then people are then genuinely scared because they feel a presence Mm. or they feel something really heavy pushing on their chest. And Mm. it's, it's not, it's not anything dark. It is, it is their soul coming back into their body. But because we then resist it because we're, we're in fear. Now our brain is in fear Mm. and and we resist it's harder for the soul to get back in the fear creates the resistance absolutely absolutely well, that's in life as well isn't it absolutely absolutely so so the fear stops anything from you know if we if we didn't panic about it so much and think oh my god i can't move my body i can't move my body i can't move my body and have this this fear and this panic about not moving your body and then trying to move your body but your body's not going to move because it hasn't got the energy of your soul Mm. 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 so your soul has to connect back to the body for the body to move because your body needs energy and how does it do that well the way i the way i control it now when i whenever i feel like um, I can't move. I, I say to myself in my mind, it's okay, just breathe, just breathe. It's fine. It's just you coming back. It's just you mm. coming back. And then before I know it, I, I've gone back to sleep and then I wake up in the morning and, and I'm fine. There's and other okay. times. Yeah. And then there's other times when I know I've been out. I know I've been out. I've, I know I've seen my granddad again and I know that I've seen my nan again and, and stuff. And I, I sort of wake up again on, on the coming back. But now what I do is I just, I don't panic about it. I just lay on top of my body and I, I, I allow myself, my soul to sink back in. And then, um, I, once I can move my toes and move my fingers, I know that I'm, I'm back in earth. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's very brave, you know, because it is somehow, it's this fine line between the worlds of, you know, the earthly physical world yeah. and the spiritual world, which to a lot of people is unknown or maybe, you know, they don't remember. But I think it's, the most important part is that we recognize the fact that we are souls. Absolutely. Yes. And when people, you know, you know, we all have that, we forget sometimes that we get so into the worldly affairs that we forget actually, hold on, hold on. We are actually, I was talking about this again the other day because so many people have this experience. We are, 
a soul having this human experience yes. and if we were to focus more on that i think this we would change the world for ourselves but also the world collectively absolutely absolutely and and if we you see we we all my belief again my belief we all i believe we all come from a, a source of love hmm. and we forget um until until it's asked of us so what i mean by that is everybody everybody believes that their first basic instinct is survival yeah and i am going to say it's not the first if if you're drowning in the sea on your own of course it's for you to survive mm. but how many people actually do mm. things out of love without thinking so if they see somebody struggling in the sea how many people act impulsively mm. not for their own safety but to go and run and rescue that dog or that person in the sea and that's love exactly it's mm. the basic instinct our basic instinct is love for each other love for humanity how many people you know i see it, i see it quite a lot actually mm. you know and and normally in in the face of um in the face of of trauma sometimes you see a car accident how many people stop to get out and and go and help yes without any concern of whether that car's going to blow up or whether that car's going to catch fire or you know people it's, you see yeah you, you you even see it on tv mm. there's been a bomb attack how many people mm. are running towards the damage it's true um a few years ago i was on the motorway and i was with a friend of mine and it was nighttime it was raining and this is this just this story that you're saying has just reminded me <laughs> and um a motorbike overtook us he nearly hit us but he didn't he overtook oh us at huge speed and it was wet and then literally there were two cars chasing this bike so i don't know what was going on it was very strange there were two black cars i had this sense i thought this is a bit of a disaster moment's going to happen here i don't know why i thought that i felt literally it must have been five minutes along the road because you know how fast he was going everything had stopped still all the cars had stopped still and there'd been a huge accident and it oh. was the motorcyclist and i had this sense sam of um oh my goodness i feel this man for some reason i i don't know why yeah. um there's nothing i can do but i'm going to get out the car so yeah. there was literally i i don't know 200 cars everybody had that same feeling and it was dark it was raining but everybody's wanted to go to the aid of this man and in that moment there was this silence a huge yeah. silence and all of a sudden we looked up 
something made me look up but at the same time all of us looked up and we saw this light going from the motorcycle um the guy that had been hit all the way up into the sky it was a light a huge wow. light wow and in that moment they covered him it was the moment he died you've just given me goosebumps yeah yeah and um i will never forget that in my life no. and i thought all of How us in that moment felt that love to get out of the car what you were talking about yeah. and what the hell i mean there was ambulances that had arrived at that point helicopter and you know but it was that moment that we shared of love absolutely and it's so and powerful and and how how beautiful was that i mean tragically sad but how beautiful that you all came together strangers mm. Mm. came together out of love to see him leave earth absolutely absolutely beautiful yeah it, that's why when you were talking i was getting goosebumps sam because suddenly i was reminded of that moment because that profoundly changed a lot of things for me as well you know when when you go through things and yes you see things like that um you know that we are so much more than we realize absolutely absolutely we certainly are and, so, and our basic instinct our, mm. our our very core of our, who we are behind mm. the ego behind the walls behind everything mm. we are pure unconditional love we are i i absolutely you know unreservedly agree with you have you heard you must have of the poet rumi yes so i have this affinity with him i have to say and um he's inspired me i actually did a couple of albums with his poems and a set of cards because he moved me from profoundly i have been to his tomb in Konya in Turkey wow. and it is magnificent if you ever get the chance to go because oh, it is absolutely it is right up your street <laughs> because it is love in its entirety and Rumi was a saint and a poet and a mystic and he had um a teacher a spiritual teacher called Shams Tabrizi and i was fascinated i studied it so much and i had to go to this place and i got there and you know how it is when you talk to your heart and you're in that moment and when you're in a very powerful spiritual place it it affects every part of you doesn't it absolutely and i had these questions and i thought right i am i've got these questions about life about my life i'm going to ask him you know spiritually i'm going to ask him and i'm going to see what comes to my heart so i had this whole list sam and it was this and it was that and you know and there was silence and then all of a sudden i heard this voice in my heart and it said just love and i said yes but i've got this other question and it again said the answer is love i said yeah but i've got this other question it's about my family and it's about and it said the answer is love and i thought what is this 
you know i've got these earth-shattering questions you know and again you know i heard this voice in my heart and it said the answer to every question is love and and then and then in order to have the answer to every question it is not enough to love it is not enough to receive love you have to become love absolutely and in that moment sam my whole life turned around because i thought you have to become love we are love you know like you said we are the source of love yes and that's what it's about and then really that was the turning point in my journey of dedicating all of my work and all the things i do for the power and the glory of love absolutely which is what you're doing isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely tell us about your project well my project began um well it was another life-changing thing for me actually so my my project began a few I had a few rough years, but the, the, it started um, in 2010. I was 40 in April 2010. Mm. And I hadn't been well at all. And I kept going back to the doctors and the doctors were telling me, um, you've got um, a virus. And um, so that's why you're tired all the time. And then, um, so... I kept thinking I don't want to bother the doctors all the time so I'll just leave it a while and then it just got worse and worse and I went back to the doctors and they said to me you know you're under a lot of stress you're carrying you know you're looking after your husband who's who's had a stroke um and he's now got he he, uh, 2010 he also got diagnosed with epilepsy so you know you've had a lot on your plate there's been you know life's not been easy for you it is stress um there's nothing really we can do for you um just try and not have too much stress in your life Mm. Uh, so i was so so then i left it and then it got to august 2010 and i was walking my dog around around the field and um got this pain in my chest and it was enough to stop me walking and question it, but it didn't last very long. And I thought, well, that's not right. That might have been a bit of indigestion or it could have been something else, but nothing to worry about. And I carried on walking the dog and went home, didn't think any more of it. But the following day, um, when I um, w- went to walk my dog, I was halfway through the walk and the pain in my chest came back, but this time it came back really more intense. And my arm went incredibly weak and tingly. Um, and it actually took my breath away. So I actually stopped walking, it took my breath away, and it lasted longer than it did the day before. So then I knew I had to do something. So. I got home and I phoned the doctors uh, for an appointment, which was uh, on a Friday. And I went into the doctors and she said, what can I do for you? And I said, I just need you to have a listen to my heart. And she looked at me funny because I didn't look ill, you know. Mm. And she was was like, why? Why do I need to listen to your heart? And I said, well, 
I've had chest pain and um, my arm's gone funny. So she did no more than listen to my heart and then said to me, yes, I need you to have an ECG. You have got um, something wrong. So I didn't had an ECG straight away, but when I came out of the ECG, she was already seeing another patient. And then I just waited for the patient to, to come out. And then she called me back in and she said, okay, she said, I'm not a cardiologist, but um, you have a you have trouble with your right ventricle and I need to send you to have a echocardiogram which is like an ultrasound on the heart mm -hmm. um, and um, she had booked an appointment for the, the Saturday so off I went thinking well I, I feel all right anyway I had the echocardio on the Saturday and by the Monday the doctors had um, phoned me back and said you know um, can you possibly come to the uh, doctors tonight after surgery because the doctor would like to discuss the results of your echocardio and I was like yeah mm -hmm. no problem. so off I went in into the doctors uh, sat down I went on my own because I wasn't expecting I was expecting them to say something wrong with your cholesterol you know yeah or some, so something else or we haven't found anything so we're gonna look into it further and she, I sat down and she said right she said I've had the results back from your echocardio and I said okay and she said you have a very large hole in your heart and um oh my goodness it will need, <laughs> it will need to be repaired uh, at St Thomas's Hospital in London and it will probably be open heart surgery oh my god and I I couldn't quite believe what she had said mm. and I just said okay and she said but I will refer you to a cardiologist and you'll be hearing from them and I walked out of there completely and utterly stunned or uh, and and in shock because it didn't feel my heart didn't feel like it had a hole in it you know I don't know yeah. how that's meant to feel to be fair yeah yeah it certainly didn't feel like I had a hole in it and so, you had been fine until that point in your life well I had been I had been poorly like I'd been very tired um and very breathless um but the, I, whenever I went to the doctors they would always say it was a virus they'd put it down to a virus you know that uh, and because I I took what they said and thought I can't keep going back to the doctors saying I don't feel well yeah and there was nothing there was no other symptoms it was just extreme tiredness and breathless you know I was finding it hard to carry my basket of ironing up the stairs I would be incredibly breathless to do that mm. so um anyway the cardiologist uh, made an appointment for me and I went up for several tests and he said to me you have a hole in your heart the size of a golf ball Oh and your 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 right ventricle is enlarged because it's working extremely hard to pump the blood through back through the hole mm. um, and you will need heart surgery and we're, Sam, we're, sorry yeah. to interrupt you yes had had you throughout your life you know as a child and you know adulthood had you had any problems because it just came out of the blue 
totally out of the blue. Yes. No, I had, I had a really, I used to, as, when I was a teenager, I swam for Kent. So I swam, I was in competition swimming. Mm. Um, and I also had the fortunate opportunity to have my own horse. So I would ride every day, muck out, carry water buckets and, and, and do stuff like that. I'd fallen off my horse loads of times doing cross country and stuff. Mm. And, and on top of that, what, what the surgeon, what, what the cardiologists were absolutely gobsmacked at was I had three children naturally and no one ever detected a heart problem. You're a walking miracle, really. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. I, I, I think I've, I, I've definitely been looked after. You're I've, definitely I've been, blessed, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I've definitely been watched over. Someone mm, was watching mm. over me. Mm. Because and, I had... And they couldn't believe that. They couldn't believe that it was never picked up in any pregnancy either. Or even while I was, you know, giving birth, they couldn't believe that this was not ever detected. So this is so that, so that the listeners are clear. This is something they think that you were born with, isn't it? It's not something that you suddenly developed at 40. No, no. no. You lived with this condition not knowing that you had a hole in your heart. Absolutely. It's congenital heart disease. That's, that's what I have. Um, and I had it at birth. And they, I was born in 1970, so no, there was no... Um, you know, ultrasound or anything like that. So, yeah. but they did detect a heart murmur. And they said to my mum and dad, bring her back when she's between nine and 12 months old, because sometimes it, it closes up on its own or the murmur goes away. It, it, uh, the baby will outgrow the, the murmur. And I did, I think I went back at 10 months, if I remember rightly, my mum telling me, we went back at 10 months and... My heart was beating normally. It was a normal sound coming from my heart. And it wasn't until I was 40 when um, I became poor. Well, 39, I started struggling with tiredness. And by the time I got to 40, I was struggling with breathlessness. And then, and that was in the April. And by the August, I was then diagnosed with this massive hole in my heart that you'd lived with your whole life that I had lived with my whole life and even the cardiologist he said you know you have been at high risk of having a stroke your whole life because of this hole it's miraculous mm -hmm. yeah there's no other word for it so you had the operation Yes, I had the operation on Friday the 13th of May 2011 in St Thomas's Hospital. And did you feel better afterwards? I know it might seem like a crazy question, but did it make a difference to your life, your health? Um, the tiredness and the breathlessness, yes. Um, mm. Other than that, because I hadn't... Because I hadn't... You know, my life carried on. I, 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 I was very active even mm. during all this time with a hole in my heart. So I had horses, I had dogs to walk, I had children to run around. 
I had um, a husband to look after. So, and recouping after the operation was more about, not even my heart, it was more about um, the, the, the um, breast, you know, the sternum repairing and mending mm. back because they break open your, the, the sternum mm -hmm. that holds your ribs together, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and that apart. So that was, that, that, that was more painful than, than the heart operation itself. But within six months, I mean, I had the operation on Friday the 13th of May, mm. 2011, and then my eldest daughter got married in August, 2011. So the same, a few months later, I, there I was organizing a wedding. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm dumbfounded. I'm really dumbfounded. So what yes, an amazing I... lady you are, really. It's, it's incredible that you have lived with this condition, not known it. Then yeah. um, looking after your husband, which yes. is so gallant and so noble of you, really. Um, it is extremely difficult to look after people um, in any case, but let alone when they have a lot of health issues. It, it's, it's very taxing on the person, the carer. Yes. And now you also, moving forwards now, if we fast forward it, you also run your own practice, don't you? Yes, I do. I do. So, oh, my goodness. So so now, now I want to, my, I think my purpose, my purpose, mm. this is, this is, this is where, you know, all of these things that happen to people, your per you find your purpose, don't you? Yes. So, so my purpose is to help others live a better way, a, a better way for them and, and for the people around them. And I'm inspired by humans. You know, we are, we really are fragile creatures in, in a, mm. in a very, um, awful, awful, um, judgmental world at times, you know, yeah. and, and because we're fragile, we've, we've created walls around ourselves to protect ourselves from anybody else hurting and pain and i i would love people to learn how to love themselves and come from a place of love and then vibrate that beautiful basic instinct that they have this unconditional love out because then that would really change the world on a collective level yes you know, yeah. and if I ever, if I ever have, you know, don't get me wrong, it's not easy. You know, I, I have to live every day. Every day when I get up, I'm like, how good can I stand it today? Yeah. <laughs> I think know? we all have that. I think we all have yeah. that. How good can I stand it today? And what, ha what, how can I serve? How can I serve others? Mm. And you know, my, what, I, what I say to most of my people, my clients, my people, my friends, is if ever you're up against someone who is coming from a place of pain, but they're coming in, they're, they're showing their pain in, in anger or, mm. you know, um, 
aggression or anything like that the question you need to ask yourself before you even react is what would love do right now what would love do wow what a line <laughs> wow what would love do what would you know this do? is like an ideal world you know this is like the life of fairy tales and i'm living it so i Me know too. Me too. I know. I know it works. Mm. I know this works. It's the only thing it. that works. It's absolutely. the only thing that works. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And I mm. live it every day. Yeah. And, and, that's, and because I know it works, and I can be vulnerable without, without weakness. Vulnerable without weakness. That's an interesting thing. Yes, because a lot of people think vulnerability is a weakness and it's not, it's a strength. Like kindness, for example. Exactly. If mm. you can be vulnerable, if you can say to somebody that you love, if you're in a relationship, I've said it, I have said it to my husband who has, mm. not now, but in, in years gone by, when he has come at me with his pain mm. and I'm not, I was learning to love myself and be vulnerable. And there was a point where I had to say to him, hey, this isn't my shit. Uh, this isn't your shit, but mm. this is mine. And right now I'm feeling really insecure and I'm feeling that you're pushing me away and you don't want to be with me anymore. Mm. And in that moment of vulnerability, rather than attacking him or reacting back to his behavior, I could own how I was feeling and express that's how I was feeling. And in that moment, he was able to be vulnerable too and say to me, it's not that I don't want you. I just think I'm not good enough for you. You can do so much better than me. Oh, wow. And how long have you been married, Sam? We have been together for 31 years. And we have been married since 2005. Congratulations. Thank you. Some accomplishment, really. Well, yes. Yes, but it's been hard work. It's, yeah. it's been a hard road. But I always think that anything you know friendship is a journey um any any relationship is a journey it's not a destination marriage is a journey you know and yeah. it doesn't matter how long you've been with each other or how little you've been with each other it's a journey and it's a journey of discovery and i think all the time you have uh, all the time you have love all the time you love each other mm. you have the opportunity to grow through the difficulties yeah you i know. believe that also it, it's a learning um curve and it's oh. a process of a journey through life that eventually turns into a journey of eternity because yeah. we're in this constant circle aren't we exactly exactly mm. and so if, and if we can all if we can all 
just be that little bit vulnerable without fear of getting hurt and fear of the pain, then then each and every one of us can heal ourselves, but also create a create a better world. And let the drawbridge down in effect. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Now you offer, Sam, one-to-one. How are people able to book with you? Is it through Skype or Zoom or how do you run your practice? So if people now that hear this and would like to contact you and ask for your help, how can they do that? Um, well, at the moment, I'm in the middle of um, creating a new website because my other website is is old. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm in the process of creating a new website. But if anybody wants to get hold of me before that, uh, it's Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, I am uh, Reason Seventy Seven O, mm-hmm. and my Facebook is Samantha True. Um, and you can private message me or contact me on um, any of those two at the moment. And what about email? Email, yes, or email Samantha True, mm-hmm. T R E W, that is, mm-hmm. at yahoo.co.uk. Okay, now I am honoured, really, Sam, for you coming on. And I could talk to you for days, really, because there's so much I could learn from you. I'm fascinated by your story, and I really, really love really deeply what you're doing. And the fact that it is all about love is something that touches my heart, especially. So as we come to the end of this moment together and with the listeners, I always ask my guests at the end, what inspirational advice you can give, especially in these times to people that have helped you through life and that can give hope to others? What inspirational advice? Um, That's a good question. That is a very good question. So... um, I think to I think it's the, the what what we've just said you know if ever you come across anything anything um that's that's that you're prone to want to react to because of your wall and your defense just ask yourself what would love do in this moment in this moment right now what would love do oh I'm in love with that, actually. What would love do? What, what would love, love do? You know, I, I might it. actually call this episode that because I love it so much. <laughs> what would love do? Exactly. <laughs> you know, even if you're in road rage, you know, you're going to have somebody that you you don't intentionally go out to create road rage in somebody, but somebody mm. is coming from a place of that anger and that frustration and that pain. And they're willing to bib their horn at you and stuff. Instead of reacting, what would love do? What would love do? Yes, what would love do? Well, love, my goodness. It would do so many beautiful things, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? And it would change everybody's day. Yes. It would change everybody's day. 
just one act of love per day is enough and firstly one act of love per day for ourselves absolutely that's the hardest journey is to love ourselves we love our best friends sometimes more than we love ourselves and yet we are beautiful people we are beautiful souls and you you know everybody i know even the most angriest and aggressive people have amazing beautiful hearts they're just coming from pain Mm. and it's a good it's it, it it's nice to be reminded that however horrible somebody is there's pain underneath it it's like you know a wounded animal when they are hurt they bite absolutely true i agree with you a hundred percent and it's taming that um anger and taming something that i suppose taming the hurt and showing something different that yeah and it is another question you can ask yourself is mm. you know in your in your own head when somebody is coming from that angry place what was it in your life that hurt you so bad that makes you want to hurt me yes and with that comes great compassion and mm-hmm. patience. And as you said, it's the journey of a lifetime. We Absolutely. keep learning. We keep moving. We never stop learning. Mm-mm. No. And thank you for reminding us of such precious wisdom, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share it all with you. It's going to be shared across the world now. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> all these wow. people are going to be writing to me and going to be saying wow you know especially this one you know um this this was one of the best <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure because it's so beautiful and it's just made my week as well i have to say oh bless you well you you're an amazing beautiful soul yourself and you have such an amazing light and it shines out you don't you don't hold it in for for no one to see you you project that out and you expand your beautiful light and your love out to to so many people and you know what even when you're not thinking you're making a difference you are you are amazing and I, I'm honoured to be your friend on, on Facebook and I'm honoured to be your friend and have this conversation with you because your vibration is amazing and you have this really authentic energy that comes from your soul. Oh my goodness, I'm so shy now. I really am. Um, I'm telling you the truth, it's what I feel. That's what I've, I I wouldn't lie. You 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 really are a, a, another beautiful beautiful soul who who is making a difference to people's lives, and you just keep shining, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so moved, really. I think <laughs> I've I've got a tear in my eye, really, and I know that I will cry later because. What a beautiful thing to say. I'm, I'm sure I'm not worthy of it, but 
Thank you, you so 100% much. are. You 100% are. Look what you're doing. Look what you're creating for other people. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you, you have, even without knowing it, changed people's lives. That's that's a that's a beautiful gift, Mimi. That's that's a beautiful gift to do. Thank you. So I I want to thank you for being you and doing all that you do. Oh my goodness. I I will take it because it's coming from you and I know that you are a genuine soul and one full of pure love and pure light. So thank you for sharing this moment in my life right now. It really means a lot and your words truly are humbling for me. And I share the same sentiments about you that there is something quite exquisite about your energy and your love which comes from somewhere that I think only a few rare people have experienced in life that have probably been back to that fountain of love that is ever flowing and I think you're one of those people. Bless you, bless you, thank you. Thank you. And come again, when your website is up and running and um, all of that is sorted, come yes, again and, and I, let, I, let's and have I will. another talk. Absolutely. I'd love to. And I, I also, when my, my second book is finished, because I'm writing my second book as oh, we speak. okay. Okay. What's that so, about? That's the sequel to The Wake Up Call. So, so The Wake Up Call, just quickly, The Wake Up Call is all about life before we come here. And then mm -hmm. the sequel will be about us being here and the lessons and the challenges that we face here. And where is the first book available? Is it's it on Amazon? Amazon. Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's the Wake Up Call by Samantha True. It's by SK True. Ah, okay. So it's the Wake Up Call by SK True. Yes. Okay. And the second one. Will it also be um, SK True? Yes, and it's called Love, Let Our Vibration Expand. When's that coming out? Um, well, I haven't quite finished it yet because it's quite a, it, it's a, a bigger book than the first book because there's so much in there. Mm -hmm. So, but I will, I will definitely let you know when it's, it's out, ready to go. Let me know and come back. Come back anytime in any case. But, um, especially come back when that is out because I'm going to go and get that book now, right now, as soon as we get off the um, <laughs> podcast. I am, I am, because I absolutely love it. So I have to read this. I have to um, know more about this because there's a certain beauty and magic in this. I can feel it. I'm, thank I'm, you sure so you much. I'm sure you will resonate with it. I am absolutely sure. I'm happy to gift it to you, Mimi. Don't worry, I'm going to buy it because I know what it's like for us authors. So I will definitely buy it and I'm going to let you know um, how I get on with it. I'm going to read that. That's going to be my next book. I have like 10 books that I'd like to read, but that's going to just pass by every book and I'm going to, that's going to be the next book that I read. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Now You're I'm going welcome. to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh dear. We would have a cup of tea now, wouldn't we? If we were sitting down, we, we could have a cup of tea. Yes, maybe cake or biscuits or something. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, and I wish you all the very best, always, Sam. Thank you so much, and I wish you every success, always. Thank you, thank you. You look after yourself, and keep spreading that beautiful love of yours. And you do the same. I will try my best. <laughs> all right then take care all right thanks so much okay. take care bye. bye 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 samantha true what an absolutely amazing story from such a brave and incredibly wonderful soul you know it is so soul inspiring to hear such beautiful yet sometimes tragic stories, but that we are still somehow able to keep hope and beauty alive within us. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and please join me in the next episode. I really appreciate your presence. Until next time, take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music, and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk. Amongst the realms of eternity.